Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hey, welcome back to Crimes and Closets. This is Christy in my closet in St. Louis. This is Beth coming at you from North Carolina. How's it going, Beth? It's good. I have to full disclose information that I am not in my closet today. I'm sitting at my kitchen counter because my husband took my children and my house is empty and I do what I want. So (laughs) So I'm at the counter. I would probably actually do that if I didn't have anybody in the house too, just because it's, you know inside your closet. I mean, it's fun, but it's a little bit tight in here. (laughs) So I would do the same thing. Yes. I just really wanted to be able to get to refills quicker. Oh, true. True. (laughs) Anything going on outside your closet besides being in the kitchen? (laughs) No, my kids are gone. That is good enough. Yeah. Nope. We had some Mother's Day celebrations this week, took the kids on some dates one-on-one which was really cute but that's it other than that it's awesome still locked down still doing homeschool how about you uh yeah we are we're doing well um not a whole lot happening outside the closet but we have another inside the closet story here i'm about to uh throw beth under the bus here (laughs) so may have noticed, at least we're hoping you have noticed that we have some new audio going on here. We've got some some fancy mics yes. in the house. We turned legit this week. Yeah. And we just got on our our call to record and I can't hear Beth. Nothing. Just <laughs> silence. I see her because we're on video too, but no sound. And I was telling a funny joke too. It's a yeah. real shame. Yeah, she was laughing, but I had no idea what she was saying. <laughs> and we're just trying to figure it out. She's unplugging, plugging. We I only hear her when she unplugs the mic from the computer. Finally, she's like, hold on a second, and turns the switch on. <laughs> she had her switch off. The mic was off. It was not on. <laughs> That's why I couldn't hear. Took us, I don't know, five minutes to figure that out. Oh, five minutes. <laughs> yes. I'm a country girl, okay? I can't deal with all this technology. I know. Plug a mic in, turn it on. It's too much. Too many steps. It's too much. It is. My karaoke mics on my six-year-old's karaoke machine, they just turn on immediately when you plug them in. So oh. I'm just saying. Yeah. Well, karaoke mics for the win. Okay. <laughs> Use the karaoke mic then. Maybe it's just as good a sound. Who knows? <laughs> no, I waited for this one all week. I'm using it. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> oh, anyways. Oh, well. Should we get into it? Please. I am so excited to hear your story for the week. Are you ready to hear about the Craigslist killer? <gasps> yes. 
give it. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah. All right. Well, then let's get started here. Let's talk about Troy LaFerrara. Sorry. Some of these names I'm not sure how to say, but Troy LaFerrara. He is a 42-year-old engineer, and he lived in Port Treverton, Pennsylvania. He was married to his wife, Colleen, in 2011. And so they were, this story happens in 2013. So they were married just for two years. And on a Monday evening, November 11th, 2013, his wife grew a little bit concerned about him because she hadn't heard from him and it was the evening time and she was expecting him home. And so she started to call a few friends and family just to ask, you know, have you seen him? Have you heard from him? Can you give him a call? So they began to look for him. They tried calling his cell phone, but it just kept going to voicemail. And she, they kind of did that all night. She didn't want to report him because it hadn't been 24 hours and she didn't, wasn't, didn't really know, but she kind of felt like something was wrong. It's a myth. The 24 hours is a myth. I know. It, yeah. It, it drives me crazy. Yeah. It's, I mean, I guess because it's an, a, an adult, most of the time the police say like, well, they're a grown up. They can decide to disappear for a little bit if they want to, but. I know, but like, like true crime fun fact, call frantically. Yeah, exactly. Be frantic. If you've got that be feeling, frantic. be frantic. They'll look into it. Trust me. Right. It's a myth. So the next day on November 12th, 2013, Colleen, you know, had the news on and she saw a report that a body was found in Sunbury, Pennsylvania, which is just about 15 miles away. And Troy had owned a home in Sunbury because he was renovating it. And she didn't know that he was going to be over there, but she thought, oh gosh, he could have been there. So then body was found nearby that house in an alley behind a different house, um, like a few blocks away. And he had been stabbed 20 times. So after hearing this news, Colleen decided to call Troy's cell phone one more time. And this time it didn't go to voicemail. Somebody answered and it was the police because they had his phone. So this was pretty much confirmation that this, the body was Troy. And so within a week of his death, a homicide task force was started just to figure out who would kill Troy and why, because there was nobody, she didn't said he had no enemies, no reason for her to think that somebody he knew would have done this to him. So This task force started investigating and, you know, clearly they're going to use his cell phone records and obtain information from digital communications on his computer and whatnot. And they discovered that Troy had been frequenting gentlemen's clubs and using social media to arrange meetups and dates. He had been searching personal ads on Craigslist. Mm. I have never, I mean, I wouldn't have had any reason, but I I don't even think I realized that there were personal ads on Craigslist. Like I, when I think Craigslist, I think you're going to sell something or buy something. That's what I would go on Craigslist for. School Facebook market. Right. Yeah. You need to buy something. You need to sell something. Or Craigslist. You want to date Craigslist? (laughs) I guess it's whatever. 
to each his own. Anyway, so they also discovered text messages on Troy's phone that indicated he had made plans to meet somebody that night, the night of November 11th. And the last phone number that he had communicated with was linked to um, an Elliot Barber. Um, he, and so when they tried to call that number, it was a woman's voice on the voicemail. So the plan clearly was under Elliot's name, but this was a woman's phone. They, so was he trying to meet a man? No, no. I don't think, oh, he, well, gotcha. later on the start, you will see, No, they were not. Oh. It was, the, like I said, the plan was linked to Elliot, but the phone was actually his wife's. Um, they found that the number had been used to register a car recently, so they looked into that, and the car was registered to a Miranda Barber, who is Elliot's wife. Got it. So a little bit, not too much yet about Miranda, but a little bit about her is she had um, she had a bit of a rough childhood, um, got molested by her uncle when she was four years old, and kind of went down this you know, shady past or shady kind of path. So her and Elliot had just recently moved to Pennsylvania. They were newly married. They had met six months earlier and got married on um, October 22nd, 2013. And they had moved to Pennsylvania from Dunn, North Carolina. Got another North Carolina connection here. Can, why are we always tied to these like crazy freaking cases? North Carolina be crazy. I'm telling you, I'm in the right place. (laughs) (laughs) So because Troy's phone had been texting with and calling Miranda, they decide they need to question her. Clearly that's the natural path to go to, but she denied as soon as she got questioned, she denied that she even knew Troy. She's like, I don't know who this guy is. I wasn't even here. I was in Harrisburg. Pennsylvania celebrating my husband's birthday and that's like 47 miles away from there so they're you know almost an hour away but they had records proving that Troy had been texting her so you know like how can you be that far away for texting somebody to meet up so they confiscated her phone at that point and she flipped out So that made her look suspicious, like she was calm. She came in calm. She was fine. She was answering questions. But the minute they took her phone, she flipped out. So they thought, okay, something's going on. So after further questioning, um, specifically about the call that Troy made to her, Miranda admitted that she often met guys who needed companionship. She would use Craigslist for this. And she had been communicating with someone that evening, but she didn't know who it was. She got a, a message didn't know what his name was and she did make plans to meet up with that person but then explained that something made her feel a little bit uncomfortable so she canceled and went to Harrisburg with her husband oh my gosh what was she gonna do if she hadn't canceled right she's just gonna be like um I have a cold husband I can't go celebrate your birthday in Harrisburg well interestingly enough Miranda said that Elliot was fully aware of her business of accompanying lonely, accompanying lonely men for delightful, and I'm quoting, delightful conversations. So she says Elliot knows that she's doing this, and it was a way for her to make a little extra money and that she would get paid upwards of $850 for this. Oh my gosh, like a date? 
yes. $850 for a delightful, delightful conversation. conversations. <laughs> or a little afternoon delight, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> so Elliot does admit that she, he knew this and often would drive Miranda to meet these men. But it just didn't really make a whole lot of sense to police that somebody would spend that much money for conversation and the text messages that they had from Troy and her on the phones, they were pretty much clearly about sex. So, you know, she's just one lie after the other. She's getting caught in them. Apparently she doesn't know much about, we have your phones. We see the text (laughs) messages. Don't tell me that this was delightful conversation. (laughs) Anyway, like you totally were going to take your shirt off, Miranda. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so within days, there's another break in the case. Troy's car was found in a local shopping mall parking lot. There was no forensic evidence in the car, but there was security camera footage that they obtained from the mall parking lot. They saw Troy's truck pull in, and minutes later, another car pulls up alongside of Troy's. Troy exits his car, enters the other car, but the footage was kind of um, a little bit, it wasn't very clear, so they couldn't see who was in the second car or really any details. They couldn't see, like, what kind of car it was. They couldn't see um, license plate numbers, nothing. And then because they had that footage, they just started kind of looking at footage, you know, of local businesses um, to see if they could see this car pop up anywhere else. And they did find footage from another store nearby and that car pulled, the exact same car pulls in and out comes Elliot. And this is within, you know, hours of the mall footage. Hmm. And the timing of it was the same time that they were supposedly in Harrisburg. But now the footage is showing, nope, they were in town. They were at the local Walmart, or at least Elliot was. I saw Elliot get out of the car. They went to Walmart? Yeah. For their delightful conversation? Well, this is Elliot. So this Elliot is her husband. Oh, right. Okay. Roy gets in this car, and that same car is found on footage in the Walmart hours later, and Elliot's getting out of the car because they didn't know who was in the car that pulled up next to Troy initially. They couldn't see. But when they found this on later footage, they saw Elliot getting out of this car. So they were together mm-hmm. oh, this when, they, when they met Troy. Mm-hmm. Oh, you just wait. You just wait, girl. Oh, I am waiting. Within days, Miranda comes back to the police to speak to them and come clean, she says. So Miranda provided details of the night. Well, she provide, provided her details of the night. She told police that she did go meet Troy. He got into her car. He told her to drive, and they drove around talking for a while, and then all of a sudden Troy told her, delightfully, delightfully driving around, for sure. (laughs) They, um, after a little bit, Troy told her to pull over. She said they talked for a few minutes more, and then Troy began to grope her. And that was not part of the deal, as far as she was concerned, just delightful conversation. I'm going to keep saying those words. (laughs) She asked him to stop. But he continued, and things got a little bit rough. So Miranda says she grabbed a knife that she always keeps underneath her front seat just for protection and started to stab him. 
she says that she blacked out when this started because she kind of mentally went back to her childhood when she was sexually abused and just blacked out and just started protecting herself. And when she came through or came to, she was realized that she had stabbed this guy. And so she drove away and decided that she needed to dump him in an alley. But she said when she did this, he was still alive. But we know that Troy was stabbed 20 times. 20 times. Oh, also, which I think I forgot to mention this. He was stabbed 20 times, and he also had ligature marks around his neck. And there was a cable, um, a cable cord, like like the cord that you would use to plug your cable into your TV. Hmm. And he was clearly strangled as well. Hmm. So the police are kind of like, well, so you stabbed him. But they weren't telling her any of this, that they had this evidence of the cable. They, you know how they keep certain things under wraps because yeah. – They want to make sure they've got the right person. So she's not mentioning the cable, but in their head, they're thinking she stabbed him. She's admitting to stabbing him, but there's still this, yes, in self-defense, but then there's still this cable that was used to strangle him. So then she strangled him or does she strangle him first and stab him? Clearly it's still not lining up. Um, And she says that- There's no way to strangle someone in a car, I feel like. Right. Yeah. If they're beside you in a car, there's like- Quite literally, no way to do that. Exactly. Yeah, it's still it's all very, very fishy. So they, the police are starting to think that there's somebody else involved in this. So she says after that she dumped him, and then she threw the knife in the river days later. So there is no the knife doesn't exist anymore. But she went home and she told Elliot about the whole. Um, situation and he offered to come and clean her car so that's why he went to the walmart apparently and was found coming out of the car in the walmart because he was getting cleaning supplies to clean her car so they get a statement from elliot and he corroborates all of this Hmm. the police as i mentioned had held back the part of the story about the um cable cord sorry and They held that back from the media, so nobody had heard that at all. And they took this info, they took info from the cord. So the cord has some numbers written on it, and they they could trace those numbers back to a specific hardware store. And then they were even able to find the date that it was purchased based on these numbers, which is very interesting. I had no idea that you could just buy a cable and they could trace all this. Hardware stores? will always get you for murder. Like, I don't know what it is about the Home Depot, but like they are in cahoots with the FBI, I feel like, because they label everything so specifically. It's crazy. Like you can never buy supplies. Right. You have to make your own. Yep. Just, just, yeah, exactly. Make your own. I I mean, Google it. (laughs) Although Google, Google gets you too. I don't know. Just don't kill anybody. How about that? (laughs) <laughs> let's start there delightfully even De- delightfully, delightfully. <laughs> so they get the date that it was purchased and so then they say oh can we have the footage from your store on this day and who do you think they saw purchasing this exact cable and length you haven't had the person in the uh, hardware store cut this specific length of cable do you have any guesses elliot Elliot Barber. 
Aunt Barbara. Congratulations. How delightful. So now police are completely convinced that Elliot had something to do with this or more to do with it than they originally thought than just cleaning his, her car. So Elliot becomes very nervous, nervous Nellie Elliot. <laughs> and <laughs> he decides that he needs to turn himself in. He's like, all right, can't do it. Sorry. So he goes to the police, tells them that they had discussed him and Miranda had discussed killing somebody just for thrills. <gasps> Ooh. In the six months that they were together. So the plan was for him to ride in the back seat under a blanket. And when Miranda said the words or something along these lines, have you seen the stars tonight? Elliot was to start to strangle Troy with the cable cord. So, and then she was going to stab him. So this night they're out to dinner. Miranda gets the message from Troy. They leave dinner and drive to the mall, meet Troy. They pick him up and drive. When they pulled over, Elliot said Miranda just started stabbing Troy. So she, he didn't get, she didn't give him the signal, didn't do anything. So he all of a sudden was like, well, I guess I should come out and help her. So he comes out from underneath the blanket and starts to strangle him with the cable cord. And then they dump his body in this alley that he's found in. And immediately after that, go to Walmart together to get the cleaning supplies to clean the car. So that's where all this footage comes from. So they, on December 6th, so this happened on November 13th. So it's just taken them a couple of weeks, but on December 6th, they, 2013, they arrest Miranda and Elliot and get a search warrant for their home. Um, when they go and search, they leave with several bags of evidence one day. And then the next day they go back and search again and they come out with more bags of evidence. And among these items, they don't, specifically say everything that was in them but among the items was the knife used which Miranda said she had thrown in a river mm. and a couple of other things like a, a book about satanic rituals and joining sat satanic cults and killing and so they find some interesting stuff on them and this is where things start to get really interesting oh if you didn't think it was interesting enough. I thought it was delightful. <laughs> <laughs> While in jail, awaiting her trial, and so she's in jail, it's January 2014, and she decides that she wants to talk to a reporter and give her story. So she admits to this reporter that she has actually killed dozens of other people and that she has lost count at 22. <gasps> She grew up in Alaska. As I mentioned, she had been molested by her uncle. When she was born, she kind of had a really rough childhood. When she was born, she was born with her hips di dislocated. And so she was in this body cast for a really long time, got made fun of for it, I think. And so she would go see her uncle. Her parents would go send her to see her aunt and uncle just to let her get away for a little bit. And this is when it was happening. And he was molesting both the sisters, her and her sister. And so because she had this rough child, it led to poor decisions. So she did join a satanic cult, which she said, where the leader impregnated her and helped her commit her first murder at the age of 13. Could you imagine? I mean, I have a 14 year old and I could not imagine. <laughs> well, I can't imagine him doing anything really that bad anyways, but to at 13 kill somebody oh, anyway. And be pregnant. 
Right. And there's really no mention either. She does have a a one and a half year old um, child with somebody else. And this person is deceased. And there's some suspicious things surrounding his death, but they didn't really go into it. I, I couldn't find too much information on that gentleman, but I'm sure that they are gonna look into it or have looked into whether she had something to do with it. But they, there's no mention of that baby that she would have been 13 having. Um, there's really there's no mention because she's 18 at this point. I'm sorry, I don't think I mentioned that, but she's 18. So this is five years. Oh my so that God, she's only 18. Yes. She's 18. Oh, Troy. Well, yeah. Oh, okay. (laughs) So she also calls herself Super Miranda and says that she's ridding the world of pedophiles and criminals. And that's why she killed all of these people. Oh, my gosh. And I don't know where Troy fits into that. Because he wasn't a pedophile. I mean, yes, he was meeting an 18-year-old, but she was still of legal age, you know. So I don't know where he fits into that, but I guess those previous 22-plus killings were her ridding the world of evil. And she lived in Alaska, Florida, and North Carolina, previous to Pennsylvania. So she says most of the murders she committed were in Alaska. She doesn't talk about all of them, but the few that she does speak of, she says that um, there was one, a big lake outside of Wasilla, Alaska, where she dumped several severed body parts. Uh, she m- murdered a man on a pier in Florida and that the man in Raleigh that she murdered, she dumped his body parts through fr- throwing them from her car on um, I-95 in Raleigh. <laughs> so if you find any of those parts when you're out there, <laughs> Beth, let me know. Oh gosh. They never found any of these men? Okay. So that's, that's the thing. Everybody is now convinced that this is a total lie. Like she's just crazy. Like she wanted to kill somebody just for the thrill of it. And now she's just making up all of this stories and about killing all these other people. And Alaska is not aware of a man that died and went missing. North Carolina says they have no unsolved cases. Actually, Dunn police said they had one unsolved murder, but that she would have been, and these are the words that were in the article, she still would have been on breast milk when this man died. So they basically say you can't link her to that. There were three murders in Nightdale around the time she's saying that, but those were all solved. So that was an, and there was no unsolved cases in Carrie. So they looked into stuff. They did try and And figure it out. There was no record of any baby that she would have had when she was 13. Right. Like, yeah, it's, it's all very weird. You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of that serial killer, like America's first serial killer, Eileen. Whatever her name is. Do you know who I'm talking about? And she got like super famous around this time, like a a couple, and they made a movie about her, remember? Yeah. Yeah. Monster. It was called Monster. I can't remember her name either, but yeah, this is, I think. Eileen Warnos or something. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And Charlize Theron played her in the movie and this was around this time. It was like 2013, 2014, I feel like. So she's trying to make herself to be like a copycat yep. monster, serial killer. 
That's exactly it. The, the police have not been able to link her to anything. They think Crazy. that she is you, just Miranda. Yeah. Making it all up just to, her family even says it. They're like, she had a rough growing up, but I don't think she killed more than 22 people and lost count after that. Like they just don't, they don't believe it. So, and they've looked, like I said, they've looked into it. The police in those local areas have looked into it and nothing has ever come of any, any cases that they could find. And, but anyway, she was, her and Elliot were both sentenced to life without parole, um, September 18th, 2014. So they're both sitting in jail right now in Pennsylvania. Oh my gosh. So does Elliot cooperate any of her killing other people stories? Well, he says that she told him of these things, like of these other killings, and he admired that of part of her and thought she was such a strong person and that's what made him want to kill with her sometime. So poor Elliot. I don't know if that guy was any was normal at all, but if he was, Miranda sure took him on a turn <laughs> i think you're not normal right i think i think i'm gonna go with you it's not normal yeah so i'm gonna yeah so he's, i'm gonna go with the, yeah i don't know i again this is like the emery brothers like at what point is like do you start talking about these kinds of things with somebody and you feel comfortable mentioning i killed somebody and then and just hope that they're cool with it and then want to join you in doing it again i I don't know. I mean, I don't know that I would ever, if I have had ever killed anybody in my past, I'm not sure that I would ever sit down with you and be like, so Beth, I killed this guy. It was really fun. <laughs> and I was just wondering if you'd be into that. <laughs> like, I just, I don't know. But these are the minds of people, crazy people that we don't understand. We just talk about on podcasts. Yes. Oh, man. So. Can I just say... That I have definitely heard of the Craigslist killer as far as like that she put ads on Craigslist and killed people, but I did not know this stuff. Yeah. Like I feel like she killed one person. And when you say she's the Craigslist killer, there's a Craigslist, like is it really does make her sound like a serial killer. Right. Yeah. I, she, she says that there was two other guys that she had planned to meet up with before Troy and that they canceled on her and never showed up. And so those guys, clearly their lives were spared. And she intended to kill those, those guys. And so I, basically she was just putting these ads out, I guess, to, and waiting for somebody to actually meet up with her. But yeah, no, she, and she's claiming to be a serial killer by killing all those people when she was in the cult, but she's not. But yeah, it did, it did make it sound like she, was, she had done it over and over again and she didn't. It was just this one time. Again, it's another myth. Yeah. Yeah, I did not know. I did not also know that she was 18. Heavenly day. I know. Right? I, yeah. Poor, poor thing. I mean, clearly there's some mental, mental issues there. Yeah. But anyway. It was Satan. <laughs> Satan. Satan did it. Satan made me do it. Ninjas. <laughs> I'm going to go back to those ninjas every time now. <laughs> you can't. That's only belongs to Jody. Okay. Miranda cannot have ninjas. All right, fine. <laughs> yes, yeah, so if you haven't listened to that story, go back. Yeah, go, go back. back and listen. It's, Last it's week was a favorite. good one. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, well, 
That's really all I got. I know it was another short one, but it was still just a very interesting case to me. And it's all, it's all I got. It's all she wrote. I thought it was really delightful. <laughs> How many times in one episode can you say delightful? I think I'm on a roll. Uh, yeah, delightfully you are. <laughs> <laughs> so guys, thank you so much for listening. This was a great episode. Thank you, Christy, for the story. And if you love what you hear, come give us a rate and a review on Apple Podcast. We are in the market for case suggestions. So throw them at us. You can go to our website, crimesandclosets.com. You can find us on Facebook, on Instagram. You send us an email at crimesandclosets at gmail. And we hope that you remember the world is scary. People suck. Hide in your closets. Bye, guys. Bye. See you next week.